Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast, or kind of not the TOVG podcast, because neither George nor Matt are here this week. It's just me. It's your boy Jimmy Sunder, and I got some friends to come hang out with me. We're gonna do a chill out time, talk about games, and that one thing that Atlas did podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so joining me, uh, returning two time, three time, something like that podcast guest, yeah. You know him, Todd, Todd Array Disc Games. What up? Uh, you might also know him from his editing antics on the PPG gameplay and the hardcore series and sometimes actual PPG and that stuff. Yeah, I'm all over that peanut butter. And he's got a podcast as well, and it's about important life things, and it's much heavier than this one, <laughs> but it's good. It is pretty, <laughs> it is pretty heavy. Um, and also... Um, other good friend, Naveed, uh, goes by Enfreak on That's YouTube, me. and he makes videos and stuff, and he likes Metroid Sometimes. a lot, not, not and I really. like him a lot. <laughs> I do like Metroid, that is... I, I, I like you too, Jimmy. You're great. Oh, thanks. See? Chill times. Yeah. Friendcast. This is like... So, you you two might not know about this, but uh, there there is a trend whenever I need to be out for a week where George will invite a very specific group of people to be on the podcast as guests. And that has turned into the cluster cast, <laughs> which is where things go off the rails into very weird places very quickly. Hmm. And so I'm, I'm aiming to do the opposite of the cluster cast. <laughs> okay. I think I'm, I'm very much okay with that. <laughs> Dude, I'm all about totally not going off the rails ever like when have i ever pursued a never, tangent to unreasonable never. lengths <laughs> never is the answer <laughs> um so start off with the basics what you guys have been playing this week anything new anything old anything fun anything frustrating yeah uh, uh, we played we played overwatch uh hmm. last yesterday and i hadn't played overwatch in since before Oasis, I guess, because I had, yeah, I had never played that map, but I played with Anna. So, yeah, it was uh, it was I had like been hearing positive things about like patches and stuff, uh, and like I was like really exhausted from my like job job, and I was like I just want to like hang out and shoot things, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I was like, all right, I'll play some Overwatch, and we had like we had like a good, mostly six, like four to six people throughout the night for like a few hours, and I was playing Orisa, and um, man, she's like a really cool concept, but definitely definitely needs some some shoring up, I think. Yeah, she she can't solo tank. I think that's still a Reinhardt thing, but yeah. she's all she can almost do it, but. She needs a good like a Zarya or something next to her to keep to keep her not dead. It's, uh, it's really interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Navi. So how how does she play? Like I I haven't seen anything on her. So Orisa is uh so she is a tank, uh two hundred right. health, two hundred armor, I believe. Her main left click is a very high capacity projectile based Gatling gun. Does pretty good damage and there's like no drop off. Um, so you can, you can eat people up. Like I was getting golds and damage pretty much every game. Like maybe 80, 80%, 90% of the games I was getting golden damage if I was playing her. Um, which part of that is just shooting shields because 
other people play Orisa, and I'm like, all right, cool. Right, and <laughs> she has 300 bullets, so you, like, never run out. Dang. Yeah, well, it's 150. Yeah. Oh, but that's right, okay, it used to be 300 back oh, wow. in... Oh, uh, it used to be 300? That was, that was PTR Orisa. <laughs> oh my which god. Is, Dang. Yeah. And her reload time is, like, three seconds or something. It's really long, but, like... It is long. It is definitely um, long. But, yes, yeah, so you're, you're not supposed to be reloading a lot. You're supposed to, like, run it out, basically. Yeah, right. you kind of like if you it's you you reload like when there's like nothing happening because for the most part you could fire through most fights like outside yeah. like unless you're just poking a lot through a whole fight you should have your you should have ammo. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's her left click. Her right click is like a, a kind of a slow moving orb, which when you you can trigger it manually, uh, and when you do, it suck like it drags in anyone any enemies who are within like a certain radius it'll drag them to adjacent to the orb like it doesn't pull them on to all all onto like one like exact spot um so it's kind of like i don't know it's a it's it's basically like a a mini graviton like that's what it i think that's actually what they call it too is like a little graviton um and it's 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 useful but it's slow to activate and it's not it doesn't you don't get to move people that far outside of like maximum range and getting that is kind of shaky because they can even if they get caught in it, they can leave before it actually triggers. So you may not yeah. get it, get the grab if you're trying to go for max distance, which is pretty much how far you'd have to go to like drag people off of stuff. Yeah, that's basically like the orb when you shoot it, there's like lines that will shoot out of it at people if those people are in range right okay and if those lines are up when you right click it will get them but um if they move out before you you know get it and and it is a pretty short range it's enough to pull people off ledges if you get a good shot but it's very rare that you're going to get in that position because the the orb is so slow moving Mm -hmm. um it's super disorienting if you get hit by it though like like it is so hard to play once that's happened because there's no like doesn't you know yell out and alter anything it's just like you suddenly stop moving and your vision jerks in a direction towards the orb and you move and you're like what What the heck's going on like i imagine that can be very frustrating yeah it's not up all the time so you're not like just rapidly getting pulled everywhere but like i i have definitely like lost focus immediately when getting hit by that before and just like got steamrolled by the other team because i had no clue what was going on it definitely it's it's definitely a distraction but it also one of the things i do like about it is it's kind of the same thing i like about uh, not like well whatever i guess i like it about roadhog's hook is that it puts people in a specific spot yeah for just enough time that you can put damage on them and it's it's mm-hmm. really nice for picking up people who are trying to heal just outside of um of of like of reach so you yeah. basically make the edges of walls and corners more dangerous so it forces people to either keep like keep you know stay in the fight or to to retreat farther away yeah. Um, assuming you're using it right like you know kind of like to harass and to lay on damage because for mm-hmm. as long as they're because like once you fire the ball you can trigger it while shooting so basically you can just be shooting to right where they're gonna be and then you know bullets are just gonna pile into their head because you know yeah. where they're gonna be so it's the kind of thing where it's like uh it's it's 
because she, she's good she's useful in that regard uh but her her main thing is that she has a deployable shield uh that's it's pretty it's like decently sized it's a little bit uh shorter width wise than symmetra's um mm-hmm. but it's stationary and deployable and it's got 900 um health which is which is pretty good like it's 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 a pretty good shield yeah. It, yeah. it's up every like 10 seconds or so um yeah it's uh it's an interesting mechanic cuz she can now basically like instead of being Reinhardt and blocking a choke, like she can block for other people and go do something. Uh, it runs out quicker than Reinhardt's shield, obviously, but right. like it stays up as long as it doesn't Reinhardt, die. Reinhardt's at 3000, right? Uh, 2000. 2000. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a hefty shield. It's like half of a Reinhardt shield almost, but like the fact that you can just set it and forget it. And the only way it goes away is if it dies, like, that's a powerful option if you're trying to cover like one person in the back who's not uh who's not like taking the brunt of damage yeah. or like cover your healer from sniper fire or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely a useful thing. I think the something that makes it kind of difficult or, or or maybe not difficult but just not ideal is that you can't choose the direction that it faces. Yeah. It only shoots yeah, it's out. It it faces out from where you fire it because it mm-hmm. does have kind of a wraparound to it. It's not just like a like a fence, um, yeah. which it's is like a nice. Car windshield, right? It's like yeah, exactly like a car windshield. So it's the kind of thing where it's like it's useful and it's nice, but um, it it, it it's tough. It definitely requires like you really have to play position smart with her because not not only that, but like you're looking at the ball and you're looking at this gun that fires straight and and kind of slow. Um, and she's very directional. So if you're mm. getting hit on from multiple sides, it's just going to be a bad time. Like as far as like cap point, I don't think she's going to be very good. Um, unless you already have something to cover the flank. Because one thing that's really yeah. irritating about her is that her hitbox is huge and her head right. hitbox is huge. So she dies really quick for a tank. Like yeah. it's, it's the shield is, has so much utility in terms of protecting other people, but she doesn't have enough survivability on her own to be using it like that all the time. And it's really, it's actually pretty slow to deploy. So it's not a clutch you know, it's not like a Genji reflect. It's not like, aha, mm-hmm. this is about to happen. <laughs> I'll pop the shield. It's not like that, yeah. like with Reinhardt, with Genji. Like, it's you have to be thinking ahead while also thinking with, you know, with direction, which... Yeah, she's not a very scrappy tank, no, I guess. No, she's not scrappy, but she is steamrolly. Like, she's great yeah. on the... If you're already winning, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> she which sounds pretty not, fun to play. She, it's super fun. It, it, but she but yeah she definitely needs help um in terms of survivability i think to be able to push uh in in a in a stalemate cuz like ideally it'd be nice to use her to push a stalemate but yeah. it's the kind of thing where like you really like like just like with Reinhardt, if you've got an Orisa, you have to be playing. Okay, we need an, we need an Orisa comp then, something mm-hmm. to cover flank, something to cover the dive, while also having people to fight. Because like mm-hmm. it's just like with Reinhardt, if you have a bunch of flankers or people in the back, then he's not doing anything. He's just standing there with nobody behind him. Like you need yeah. some chunky people. Um, and you need the right heels for it too. You can't just yeah. have Reinhardt with the Lucio. He just melts. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, and her ult is also really, really hard to use. It charges pretty <laughs> so quick. Weird. It charges quick, but what it is, it's like a deployable, which, and it has health, so it can be destroyed. And it, um, 
any like there's a pretty it's a pretty good range but it's a line of sight power boost kind of like mercy's power boost mm -hmm. and uh it can just hit as many like your whole team and just gives them damage boost and so like most people will drop it uh and put the shield in front of it but it's line of sight so it's not like the it's not like the shield generator for symmetra where you hide it you have to put it in the fight yeah. um and also, while you're doing that, you're not being a tank, and so you and you can't put it where the tank, where you might be standing, because if you're in the front, then you know. So I'm just learning to un like understand her, but I think that she has the potential to be really, really cool, and to make it so that you don't have to play Reinhardt, which is really yeah. all I care about at this point. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing Reinhardt. Yeah. Um. So the thing with that ult, for all intents and purposes, it's a totem. Uh. Is like exactly what it is, just like a Warcraft like totem that you plop down and it buffs everybody. But it, it, the line of sight thing makes it difficult. But like, I think the intended rotation for ulting as Orisa is you get like onto the edge of the fight or the capture point or whatever, and you shield first, alt second, and then use her other ability that you didn't mention the um the like. Oh, the fortify. Yeah, fortify. It just like buffs you. You take like fifty percent damage, and you can't be knocked back uh, for like a, like three seconds or something like that. Um, and I think you're, so. You're supposed to like shield and then ult behind the shield and then fortify and move in front of the shield to tank as much initial burst damage towards it as you can. Um, so basically, you like you're trying to double block for your own ult so your allies can benefit from it. I think she would have been better with a CC ult. Cause yep. Yep. That would have made more sense yeah. as a tank. That's but. the thing that I don't understand is that her her whole kit is based on defense and crowd control, but her ult is the exact opposite of that. It's very <laughs> strange. Like I, I I feel like uh I mean I don't know but whatever I uh, I haven't played <laughs> in such a long time that I shouldn't be sitting here like trying to figure whatever. But it's the kind of thing where I'm just like. I just don't feel like uh, I don't feel like like it makes a lot of sense for her positioning or maybe it does. And I'm positioning her wrong. Like, it's like, that's what I was kind of thinking about. Yeah. It's like Maybe like, you know, she really isn't supposed to be at the front. But you can put you need to put someone else in front of the shield. You throw the shield out and then they go to it. I don't know. Also, real quick, uh, fortify is 20 percent damage reduction. Oh, OK. I thought it was 50. Yeah, no, it's not. Right, actually, so. It's not really all that good. <laughs> no. The no, um, no knockback thing is good on like that these stages. That's great. I mean, <laughs> well, it's also great because again, like if you're playing her in the front, then um, that's you. Oh wait, hold on a second. No, no wait, 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 wait. I might, I might be on the wrong page here. Um, if you're in the front <laughs> and you're fighting against a uh, a Reinhardt. Mm -hmm. And he, and you drop his shield because you're gonna because you, he can't shoot your shield while you shoot his shield. Right. And he, you know most Reinhardts they drop the shield they do the charge while you just you if you yeah. fortify he doesn't go through you he stops at you. Yeah, that's a that is. And a... You're, you're right. It is fifty percent damage. Sorry, I was reading oh, okay. the wrong page. Okay, cool. All right, fifty percent. Yeah, so that's not bad. Um, I think the only the thing with Arisa is that a lot of her stuff feels it doesn't feel like it has weight. Like you don't feel the weight of her damage buff. You don't feel yeah. the enemies doing more damage to you. You don't feel you doing more damage to them. It's just like, that's the thing I need to kill. It It is affecting the game, but it's hard to feel that effect. A crowd control is much easier to feel, like Graviton Surge or uh, Earth Shatter or whatever. And that's, yeah. that's not a thing that's just, she's a new character. It's just, you don't feel it. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, 
I think part of what's kind of tough about the situation is that she, I don't think she's, so, okay, so there was a big issue for a long time time in League of Legends where basically if a tank wasn't scary, it wasn't a good tank. Right. And now I think they seem to have, from what I understand, they've kind of solved that that design um, philosophy issue. But mm-hmm. that is just that's just true of tanks. Tanks need to be able to be annoying while also being difficult to kill. Like that's the two yep. things they have to do. They have to be able to protect people and they have to be able to survive. And yeah. right now, uh, Orisa is not annoying enough for how for how it's the thing is she's not scary but she gets attacked all the time because she's huge. So she's yeah. just a damage sponge. But she's, it's the same same freaking problem that D.Va had, where D.Va wasn't scary enough, but she was so easy to hit, especially in this game where, like, there's kind of an encouragement to play, even if you're maybe not the most skilled of a shooter. It's like, well, I can shoot a D.Va. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can get 100% accuracy on a D.Va. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. And, yeah. and, like, with the head hitbox being the size that it is, she just gets drank. It's like, come on now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see if they're gonna do any changes. I don't think they're gonna like overhaul Orisa. I'm pretty sure we're stuck with the damage boost alt. And I'm curious to see if there's a way to do it. Like, maybe if you put it like top shelf somewhere, like I don't know, on an, on yeah. a, like one of the bridges on. Volskaya point two or something like that. Like, I did do that once. Uh, we were on Lijiang in uh, con- the the command center, I think, whichever yeah. the one that has the circle, and I yeah. put it on the ledge up top, uh, and I put the shield there. But it to do that, I had to plan really far ahead because right. I had to walk all the <laughs> yeah. way over there. And despite being a fucking centaur, not exactly fast. <laughs> I think she might benefit from fortify increasing movement speed or something. That's exactly what I was thinking, Naveed. Not Naveed. You're Jimmy. Exactly what <laughs> good, I was thinking, good Jimmy. Good idea, Naveed. Thanks. Yes. Well, yeah, wow, me. Naveed. This is why you're our favorite. <laughs> Person who has not been talking about Overwatch at all. I, I haven't played well, a game Well, you said you haven't played in a while. Oh, so. I haven't played in like speaking months. Of, speaking of you, Naveed... Uh, best best DPS is currently Farah. So. That's yeah. what I hear. She's so I, I guess I need to get back in the game. Jump you will in. crush everybody. <laughs> but they haven't done anything to her, right? As far as like it's just damage? The, the fact that she can stay in the air, uh, that she can sustain her like aerial presence more slash Forever. longer now. Oh, yeah. yeah, like you, you could never touch the ground. If you I, yeah, I definitely play right. played. Yeah. I played when she got that buff. Yeah. And it was it was really weird at I first, think- but after a while, I got used to it. And it's like it's fantastic. Yeah, I think that they've just tweaked all the flankers and everything so that the straight DPSers are a little more in front and center now. Like, we're seeing more 76, even though we were already seeing a lot of 76. Um, And I've been seeing more McCree's, which is, like, I think that's indicative that they're, you know, to counter Pharahs, because Pharahs are everywhere right now. Yeah. Um, Did they ever debuff Soldier 76? No, not yet. Apparently they're talking about it, though. Okay. (laughs) I remember that was a big problem. Before yeah, I stop playing, still kind of a problem. Yep, <laughs> he's still um, crazy. But anyway, that was a lot of Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> so, what have you been playing to be? I have been playing a lot of Neo Turf Masters on my Switch. Okay, there's Neo a lot of Turf Masters. Yeah, yeah, it's a golf game, Todd. You'd be Wait, into what? it. 
I didn't even know that. <laughs> so you know how they're my always switch here. is a. I just I just thought to myself, I'm like, where did I put my switch? I don't even know where it is right now. Oh no! So like, <laughs> it's, they don't they don't have a virtual console on the switch yet, which is crazy. Okay. Uh, but uh, there's some company that are uh, that's porting over Neo Geo games onto the switch okay. right now. So there's like a bunch of weird like fighting games, like Waku Waku Seven, which has never come out in the U.S. <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to find out where the first six. Are, yeah, me too. I don't. Like, I don't actually think they were ever a thing. Oh, <laughs> so not seven. It's just called Waku Waku Seven. I think it's about maybe it's about seven people. Or yeah, it seven, might be seven characters. Seven Waku Wakus. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the classic trope of the seven Waku Wakus. Sounds about yeah, right. I don't know. It's it's wacky though. That, that game's wacky. But uh, the Neo Turf Masters is also one of the Neo Geo games that it's on the Switch eShop. And it's a really, really good golf game. Uh, It's it's BS because it's an arcade game. Like, it's based off an arcade game. So, the farther you get in each course, it just gets exponentially harder. Like, the the greens have way more (laughs) uh, movement on them. And there's more wind and whatnot. But I'm having fun playing. There's only four courses. uh, But it's like $8. And Neo Geo games are like $100. Right. At least, at least. So, so it's just an accessible, playable version of a thing that's like a collector's item for yeah. all, for most part. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. So it's also a, a great thing to have, like in handheld form. I think. Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the, the huge benefits. I think a virtual console would be on on the Switch is just having it on the go as well as on your TV. Because like, you, there's virtual console on the 3DS, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't really use that a whole lot. Well, you, you don't have a lot of choices on there. Like I have like what Wario Land three and Metroid two. Yeah, and then there was like Pokemon. Pokemon was the big one. Yeah, but those are always mobile games, so it's like wasn't a big deal to right. have them on the go. Right. But like, hey, if we get the same shop that we had from the Wii U, I'd be excited to play like Paper Mario sixty four just mm-hmm. walking around. Yeah, I think the the virtual console on the wii u at this point is pretty impressive and i mean it's definitely the kind of thing where like you know it's sufficiently a nostalgia machine yeah and like pe- people it's finally like pulling like we're getting games that are pulling people off of emulators which or at least it seems to be the case i hear a, a lot of like friends of mine be pl- will be playing older games on their switch not switch but on the wii u yeah. it was like well this is all i want to do on the wii u anyway there's not much of anything else going on here we had a pretty big variety too like they brought Dude. gba to that and then weirdly yep. enough they brought ds games to that which is something i never yeah. thought would happen yeah. yeah that was that was really weird like gba in general was like a lot of my era so when I saw that, like, Same you know, here. Metroid Fusion and stuff was on there, like, hell yeah, but bring it to a mobile thing because yeah. I don't want to, I don't really want to play Metroid Fusion sitting on my couch. I'd rather play it, you know, laying in bed, which I guess I could do on the Wii U if I'm just not lazy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else aside from the Neo Geo uh, stuff? I've been playing some near Automata. Uh, I, okay. I don't know. I, I know George was playing it. George, yeah, George is playing it a lot. I have not touched it um too many other big things like i i'm yeah. not done with zelda completely i, f- so. I feel that <laughs> this year is crazy <laughs> i'm just i'm waiting on i i i'm at like 110 or no 112 113 with shrines but i'm just like 
I'll just wait until hard mode comes out to see what that that actually is. Because mm-hmm. I'm I kind of want to like I want to get all of the things, but then I'm realizing that like, well, if hard mode makes me restart, I might <laughs> as well wait. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd, but uh, how you like a near? Near's near's really good. Uh, I finished the first ending so far, uh, which is mm-hmm. ending A. Uh, but it's a little it's different from a lot of platinum games in that it's like more open worldy uh-huh. uh but the combat and everything else it it feels just like a platinum game maybe less less depth than like a bayonetta mm-hmm. or something but it's really cool because you have like these shmup mechanics in there along with the standard action formula so yeah I'm, i was hearing something about that yeah yeah apparently it's a near thing that just something near does i don't know i've never played near or dragon guard which this mm-hmm. game is uh i guess in that series or that that, that realm universe yeah um but yeah so far it's really good i hear you got to play more to really really get the story yeah i heard there's something like 39 endings or something like that i, I think Jesus. that's i don't think there's 39 real endings i think there's like well there are like the the like dumb endings like if you endings. like die in the tutorial or something yeah that's like an ending i think there's like mm. four main endings that you can go for oh okay yeah at least from what i hear huh. but near's good and just another like incredible game for the first three months of the year <laughs> yeah seriously so yeah this this whole i mean i've been technically the game i've been spending most of my time with is a is like a re-release but i've been playing danganronpa uh one mm-hmm. and two and i love them they're very fun yeah, they're and good <laughs> incredible uh, games. they're they're very they're yeah it's it's really solid stuff but also not technically a new game so mm. I, guess, I guess it doesn't really count in my in my corner but it's still some some quality shit i mean it we don't really always play new games and talk about them on the podcast. George maybe does because he like does the like actually make a video often thing. But like, <laughs> I mean, what fucking, I've been playing Metroid Fusion this week. Like that was like the the big thing that I played. Make a video about that. I kind of, I might. I'll, I just, send, oh, I'll I, send you my script. You should make it better. Like, full disclosure, I'm playing on emulator, but I own two physical copies of the game. <laughs> I just can't capture Game Boy Advance footage, so I don't feel like I should be demonized. I've made my I've made myself clear on this several times before. I, have, yeah, I own the game. Good. Yeah, if someone owns a game and wants to play on emulator, like, yeah, there's there should be nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, I like oh, I like got the emulator and put booted up. And I'm like. What if I just opened OBS and also recorded this? And so I just did that. No Smart. intentions on, on using it. Just just I felt like recording my Metroid Fusion. Mm-hmm. And I played like a good two hours, not even. Um, I forgot that the start of that game is a little dialogue heavy. It's definitely not, the science-y stuff. Yeah, it's not too bad. I, I really like the intro cutscene and everything. It's like... Like, I know it all by now, but, like, mm-hmm. watching it for the first couple times is pretty cool. Um, and, God, that SAX reveal. Never not, like, the best. So good. So SAX, good. incredible. Enemy. Like, you wouldn't think, in, in almost every other game, you'd probably be, like, a clone of yourself would be a lazy, yeah, mm. lazy antagonist. But 
God, it works so well in Metroid Fusion. And it also has so many more, like, implications for, like... Like, the, the clone isn't just some kind of, like, spiritual, like, ah, we've made another one of you, or, yeah. like, the dark version, or whatever, mm-hmm. which, it, you know, Metroid did, yeah. uh, you know... It uh, did do, uh, but I think it also did that one pretty into, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, but it's kind of thing where, like, they definitely explored that. It's so, it's so funny. The GameCube just was, like, the era of we of upside down like clone stuff like the gamecube into the wii because like you have like metroid you have metroid prime 2 you have fusion and then you've got uh twilight princess twilight princess yep. uh the super the, the super paper mario game was all about that mm-hmm. like it's really weird how much just like they were like what if we just had like the dark version of stuff oh dude that is the nintendoiest thing so they were, like weird. dark link worked and then they Sunshine. Sunshine had uh Yeah, Sunshine had Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, I was just trying to weird. think N- not Mario hard Mario. Mode. Yeah. Breath of Wild Hard so Mode strange. is just dark dark version yeah. of that world. God. Inverted colors. And you have to be a dog. Yeah. I already uh, got that in it, the game. It only thunders during not rain and it's raining at all times otherwise. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't play that. But yeah, like I, I really do like the SAX fucking the the setup where it blows up the thing after you go down the elevator and then it does the look and then it walks out and you hear the the footstep sounds that are like mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then they use that later for like the first encounter with it where just like you hear a door open and you hear those sounds and you're like <laughs> like yeah. oh god so good so fucking good it's a marvel it's really on that GBA sound trip yeah. yeah, that's the thing is that like, God, man, I the GBA in general just kills two of my like favorite like soundtracks or not sound. Well, I guess soundtracks, um, Metroid Fusion and Advance Wars. It's just like, no, this music <laughs> yeah. is so good, but this device cannot compute. Uh, there were a few games that managed it. I think Zero Mission and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance both had phenomenal soundtracks that like. They could sound better somewhere else, yes, but they, for, in the lineup of GBA titles, like, really hold their own, like, probably top sound designed for that chip. I I don't know, it's just me personally. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is Drill Dozer. I think that soundtrack is really good. Oh, yeah, that was a great soundtrack. That was a good game. I don't remember anything about it, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember that. (laughs) I remember having a good time. But yeah. Uh, other than that, I haven't really played anything. I played like Titanfall two a couple weeks ago, but like I pretty much talked about that already. It's weird. On the podcast that I talked about it on, I was like, "Yeah, if it's like thirty bucks or something, you should totally pick it up. It's a great campaign." And then uh, one of my patrons messaged me <laughs> after the podcast came out, and they're like, "By the way, it's free weekend, free free play weekend Titanfall two <laughs> multiplayer, and it's thirty dollars on Archon." I'm like, "Oh." Buy nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to pick that, that up that, at some point. I'm, it's, I, it's I think a great I'm just, campaign. I think I'm just gonna pass on that one. I think I just need I need to play less video games in general so I can make more things, and I hate that. And yeah, it's just like the hardest thing in the world <laughs> to do. It's so hard. Uh, uh. <laughs> I completely understand. Um. It I would I would say 
when you get a free six or eight hours and you have access to Titanfall 2, play it. It's like, it's good. It's like a puzzle platformer with a Halo smashed together. And that, it's sounds, fast. that sounds fucking great. Yeah. It does sound pretty good. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Um, I don't think if I play anything else aside from like Overwatch, which is, you know, constant. I guess I played D3, uh, Diablo 3. Because they updated the season ten. Ooh. That's that was, a lot of seasons. Yeah, it's Diablo three still, but like quality of life. So that's exciting. <laughs> I'm glad that you're having fun with that game. I think like when 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 they there's there's a point where like they turned over to like mm-hmm. new basically new Diablo three. Yeah, where uh, my mom who plays a lot of blizzard everything but uh was really she was really into d uh, d3 for a long time like may, like wanted me to come back to like play with her and uh i was like i could see how they made this way better than it was in the past but i played it too long back then and i just it's it's not so different that it's that i haven't played it a lot already you know yeah yeah and that's which is unfortunate like genuinely is disappointing um but also you know what are you gonna do yeah it's like i guess i'm finding out that i'm like starting to guiltlessly play grindy games because i realize they're like my my like comfort games like comfort food games big old pile of mashed potatoes that's diablo (laughs) 3 like it's just like i i know what i'm doing it's not hard it's it's just run through and blow everything up for 70 levels until I finally get like all the neat <laughs> legendaries and like cool skills. And then I can start cranking the difficulty and make it like, Ooh, interesting. Greater Rift 40 solo. Can I do it? But like, yeah, it, I just enjoy that. Like kind of brain turn off sometimes. Cause like, I guess, I guess I'm, I've been getting like new game exhaustion. Like I just played breath of the wild and I'm like, wow, that's all my brain can handle for like, 12 months can we just stop releasing games until <laughs> next year yeah man i got persona 5 and it's just sitting here like man do i want to start another 100 hour game yeah right now? that's exactly how i feel i like i played an hour and i'm like this seems great this seems fantastic i want to play more but i don't want to dedicate like that much time in my life right now yeah man it's like when yeah. you meet somebody super cool and you're like all right, are we going to be best friends or am I going to walk away right now? <laughs> They're pretty so, cool. There's only one. I can only choose one of those things. Yeah, there is I no in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, whoa, hold on. This what? just in. What? This, there's a Switch game that's like an arcade, like over-the-top arcade basketball game. The okay. trailer just went up on the Nintendo channel. I just have to, I'm going to just watch this for just a second here uh, because <laughs> it's basketball and it's arcade and it's I'm called, in on that. It's I'm, called NBA Playgrounds. Yeah. I've seen this. I don't actually like the art style that much. It does look <laughs> silly. It looks silly. But if it's fun, I don't give a banana because I also don't like the art style of NBA Jam. So yeah, they they announced uh, they announced that game when they showed off all those indie games for the Switch. But like nobody knew anything about that okay. until now. So like, the only thing that I cared about in that freaking uh nba or not nba uh nintendo switch 
like reveal thing <laughs> was freaking whatchamacallit was it what was that war dude wargroove war yeah. i just like lost my shit <laughs> <laughs> i fucking saw that game in the switch room. i was just like i was gone i was like through the moon <laughs> just like oh my god somebody finally did it like just copy the fucking game just <laughs> steal it just fucking steal it make yeah. it whatever it is i don't care nintendo's not doing it they're just in waifu simulator like that's where they are now so someone else do advance wars thank you yeah to be fair they're probably making 10 bazillion dollars off of a waifu simulator oh, but oh totally oh, yeah. like yeah. it's not a bad decision i just don't like it yeah <laughs> i'm getting tired this, uh, of it too this basketball game looks like it is an arcade basketball game Hey, I would take a good hey. arcade basketball game with working multiplayer on a console <laughs> I play. That's what I want. We I just, want that. We just don't get enough arcade sports games anymore these days. So I'm if it's good, I'm happy to play it. Especially yeah. since Nintendo put out their fucking Mario sports game. And it was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Who is this for? It's for people that <sighs> didn't play Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, or any of the other Mario sports games in the past couple years and want worst version worst right. versions of all of those right I, on that note can i just take a moment to say that when they were like mario kart 8 on the switch i was like but double dash when because 8 is boring am i the oh. only one i'm the only one who thinks that mario That's, kart 8 is boring i i think you might be at least in this you, group in this group right be, here yeah <laughs> I, I also i actually don't like double dash that much I, I like Double Dash a lot. I don't like the way the cards control. I, if the cards that's controlled, exactly why I don't like Double Dash. That's exactly why I don't like Double Dash. If the it's cards controlled like the they, they did control. Mario Kart 8, I would like everything about Double Dash. Like, I mean, I, I'd be I fine, but we've got double items, so it's just like it's almost the same thing. But you don't have thing. the special items. I didn't like the special items. I, I thought know, that like they were too hard to balance. Fun. <laughs> and then they weren't balanced for me, so it was frustrating. I mean, it's Mario Kart. If you're, It's not a it's not a thing about balance. You, I just pick the fucking babies in the little baby <laughs> cart, and I Man. shoot the the. I don't remember what their power was. No, I picked Baby Bowser, and I shot the huge shell because yeah, Baby That's Bowser true. was in that game, right? Fucking, I, I haven't played Double Dash in ten years. Double Dash was Double Dash died in the Great GameStop renewal purchase tr purge of two thousand whatever the fuck when I needed to buy an Xbox three hundred and sixty and I didn't oh. have enough money. Yeah. Also, Double Dash was still one of those games where you had to press left and right to get your drift going, your drift boost. I like that. I like it, but I liked it. It became a thing where people would take advantage of it in the DS one. Yep. So then they changed it. Yep. How did people take advantage of it? Uh, snaking became oh, a thing. Oh, you didn't see. You never played during the great snaking <laughs> fiasco oh, of whenever okay. that game came out. I've heard of that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, just, I remember like playing that game as like a teenager and being like, same. "I'm pretty good at this. I'll probably beat most people." And then I get on there and I'm doing like I'm playing pretty well and I'm I'm winning a couple games. And then I see my first snaker and Oof. I'm like. What the heck, Aroni? Is this bullshit? <laughs> I had to learn this snaking. Is bonkers. 
I, I did learn snaking and I got good at that game because I didn't want to be last every time I played. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I actually had to do the same thing. Although I ended up, I also ended up running into hackers, which is like, who hacks Mario Kart, man? Come on. I don't know. People <laughs> did that with Metroid Prime Hunters too. Like, yeah. How, what? <laughs> I have no words on that. What are you yeah. doing? So like, <laughs> it's Metroid yeah. Prime Hunters. Like, whatever. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, exactly. It's it's interesting that snaking showed up in Mario Kart because it it was also a thing in F Zero GX. I don't know if you know about that. I don't. Nope. So there is a hand destroying technique that you can use in in F Zero GX to go like nine billion miles an hour. <laughs> um, but it's essentially snaking. You have to do this complex uh, back and forth of like turning and drifting and letting off the accelerator because if you're holding the accelerator it caps your momentum but if you're not holding the accelerator you're you have uncapped momentum so if something makes you go faster holding acceleration will slow you down to accelerator speeds whereas letting go will just let you go faster so you like mash between it's literally like a five button rhythm game and with the c stick or with a control stick going back and forth and you just like zigzag across the whole stage but your speed goes up i think to like <laughs> nine thousand kilometers oh per God. second or kilometers or whatever or something CPU probably you still control? keeps up you go people go so fast that they like skip a large sections of the stage because you can jump like oh the rainbow God. road jump in uh, right yeah so that became a speed running thing for individual levels for a while and then it got its own category because people were like, people were like going to the doctor for their hands from oh my God, from like oh, wow. being into F zero. And it, it like same thing with like melee, like the inputs per second to go through a single stage of F zero and get a fast lap was like thousands. It was like stupid. That's like, that's no. See, I don't I can't <laughs> can't do that. I can't do that, man. I can't really do that. Fascinating to watch. Like. Isn't there a technique yeah. where you go off the stage as well and then come back and that also increases your speed? Yeah, that's like the that's the standard one that people use for like not hurt yourself speedruns. Okay. That's like the the typical any percent category or whatever is that's the biggest trick is you go off of the side of the stage for just like a few frames and then you um you use the side hit to dash back onto the stage. Because going off the stage briefly gives you a momentum increase. So mm -hmm. you just do that a bunch. And that's the speed run is all super scary because like every literally like every five seconds you're going off the stage. And if you don't press the right input, you just die and like lose the whole stage. God, man, people people are dedicated. I, I can't I cannot do that like that. My <laughs> life could never be that. I, I play too nope. many games. It just would not happen. My only like my worry with getting into a speed run is that like I'm gonna want to speed run a game I like, but then it's gonna trivialize that game's mechanics. Mm -hmm. You're just not run. gonna like it as much, right? Just like like or at all. It's gonna be a different <laughs> beast. Like I love the Breath of the Wild speed runs that are going right now, where you like yeah freeze cool. a rock and then you momentum it in a direction and you climb on the rock and you fly across the whole thing and skip mm -hmm. stuff. That's neat, but like I don't want to. I don't want to practice and get good at that because then when I eventually play it on Switch, when I get a Switch, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it's just Zelda. Like, oh, it's a Moblin. I don't care. Like, uh, it's going to be trivial going around that world. And I want it to still be like a challenge and an experience. 
I saw I saw a headline. I didn't read the article, uh, but apparently there's some sort of like combination of things that you can use to fly across the entire map within ten minutes. Now, oh wow, really? And I'm like, I can't even. I just, I just, it's. When the game came out, I was like, "I, right, I know this is gonna happen. I know this is gonna happen." <laughs> but like, it's just such a silly thing that people. I mean, I love it. I really do love it. But like, I just I'm like, "Wow, who's just sitting here like, I'm gonna, I need to fly around this whole map, and then I need to figure out the the special like the the combination." But I guess that's you know, I guess like that's just the whole thing. It's like you look at like go back to like Halo, and like people are always trying to figure out how to like break Halo games, like oh, always. Like not even just like getting stuff like the scarab gun. It's just like trick jumps and stuff. Yeah. Trick jumping has been a thing like since Halo. Like yeah. they they had nobody has stopped doing it because that game had such a weird momentum engine. And like there was apparently some room in Halo Reach that people spent like eight years trying to get into <laughs> because they knew they could get into it, but they couldn't like make the jump or something. I'm just like, that's wow. so I mean, like, that's cool, but like, dang, man, I just don't I, my brain doesn't doesn't go there yeah. you know it's definitely a certain a certain mindset to get into stuff like that i briefly got into speed running in amnesia the dark descent but that's because that game is like that's a one and done like i played it and i beat it i don't think i'll ever return to it yeah um so i'm like i'm okay with that one but i wouldn't want to do it to like metroid like I still want to play through Metroids and be like, oh, got to fight Ridley, not optimally. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine that would ever be fun for me. Yeah. Especially just being just the big Metroid fans that we are. Yes. This is this like is, the Metroid squad. Is, yeah, this is Metroid squad right here. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Minus like Shay. If Shay was here, that would be like the, the Elite Four. He might be a bigger <laughs> Metroid fan than... I don't know. Me probably. He's, he's I don't a know about you guys. Big Metroid fan. Yeah. Like I can't say I'm the biggest because I haven't played through two. I won't even. I won't even touch one. I refuse to touch Metroid one. Um, and That's I haven't fair. played Prime three. Uh, I haven't even beat Prime one. I I know mm. of everything in Prime one, but I've never like <laughs> finished the game myself. Hmm. That's my favorite game. Yeah, I keep sitting down to play it, and then I get to the the hive incinerator room, and then I get to the next save point, and I'm like, "That's good for now," and I never come back to it. I've done that like four times. Man, that's not even that's barely anywhere. I I've played a lot more than that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made it like halfway through the game forever ago, mm. but like I've only played through Prime Two to completion. There's this uh, weird like subset of Metroid fans that just like absolutely adore Prime 2. Uh me, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> but I also like Prime 1 and 3 more. <laughs> so same. Yeah, I I need to play Prime 3, the weird one. Prime 3 is is a little weird, but like in terms of like atmosphere and everything, I when when the game came out, I was like, this is my favorite Metroid game. But over time, I've been kind of like, uh, maybe not so much. But mm. the worlds in that game are really, really well, well done. Like Skytown in particular. Holy shit. It's really good. Yeah, I bought it on I bought it on that $10 sale where it was like the Prime Trilogy on Wii U. Yeah, that's the so way I have it. Too. Same. 
And I, I would like to go through Prime 1 and 2 with the motion controls thing as well. It's not and bad. Yeah, I, I hear it. It's like the, if there's a game that would be built for it, it was it was Prime. Like it works. So yeah, I think that's the way to play those games. I I but I'm one that loves pointer controls on the Wii. So mm-hmm. some people don't like that as much. I'm pretty cool with it. Like I didn't have a Wii, but like I've never been against the the Wiimote pointer. Yeah, it, it's not like bad like Red Steel was at the, in the early <laughs> days of the Wii. Like it's got precise aiming and. You could set it. They got like three different settings, so it works. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will pick that up sometime soon. Maybe I'll finish Fusion and then start a Prime Trilogy romp. I played two Prime Two like last year, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. And I I did a hundred percent or hundred and one percent run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got everything, and maybe I'll just skip that one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could do the the keys hunt at the end oh, again. yeah yeah i don't know those those metroid games do that for some reason they they felt like it was a good idea i think it's i think there's something like that still in there for prime three it's like uh, i just don't understand <laughs> like i guess the hints are obvious but i hate that it's like all right so you need to go to this obscure room in the dark world also the thing's invisible also <laughs> also it's underwater also it's in a cave yeah (laughs) like you could be in the right room and turn on the visor and still completely miss it because it's like oh of course it's in the poison bog like (laughs) of course why didn't i think of that that's the only part of that game that i'm like "Eh." it's weird nintendo like like during that era like in in general they're like let's make an end game fetch quest wind waker had that and everything prime one and two (sighs) yeah yep I made a video about Todd that. Todd made a video on it. It's a good video. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a, it was the kind of thing where I'm just like, it's it, you, like when you do when you make stuff on the on you on the YouTube when it's like, uh, okay, everybody, I really like this thing. I think it's really <laughs> good. So just like chill when I say that this one part of it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> and like. People were pretty, actually, pretty nice about it. This kind of thing where, like, a lot of people, I, I, I specifically phrased it such that I'd be like, "Hey, if you did enjoy this part, why?" So it's, you know, <laughs> so that it wasn't like you're dumb because yeah. uh, that's never good. But it's the kind of thing where I'm like, people's arguments for it, I was still like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad people are in, are enjoy like did enjoy that part, but like not me. Yeah, and there's a reason me. they fixed it in Wind Waker yeah. HD, sort of. Yeah. They truncated it yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been doing that with a lot of my recent videos. Like, I made a video basically saying <laughs> Elder Scrolls Oblivion sucks because it does. But <laughs> I, I made sure I said like twelve times. Like, by the way, this is my favorite Elder Scrolls game, and I play it to this day. I'll go back to it and play. I just think it's shitty, but I also love it. And I had to like keep making that distinction. And still there was someone in the comments who was like, Skyrim is better. I'm like, I don't care. That's not what <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Man, I I don't know. I, I say that it's it's it bums me out because like there's this crazy split where I'm just like, that's such a cute little thing. And then there's another side of me that's like, that person can't let that go. Yeah. And it follows them mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> Skyrim has to be the better game. 
And I'm just like, it's so dark. I'm just like, oh, people need to stop with this shit where like the thing that they think that like their their opinion about this game is just like, ah, this is the cornerstone that holds my life together <laughs> is that oh, Ocarina of Time is the best Zelda game. And if it's not, I'm going to fucking cut off my leg. Like, yep. <laughs> just chill, man. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's OK if I don't like your game that's old and mostly not good. <laughs> that's fair. I don't like that game. Ocarina? Yeah, I don't like it. Oh man. It did it did so much amazing things and I'm like, "Thank you, Ocarina," so that now I don't have to play you because everyone <laughs> learned from you and now we've moved on past that and I don't have to go back ever. I don't know what I feel about Ocarina. It's hard like it. it's hard it's a it's a weird vacuum that's like that my first Zelda game was Link's Awakening, but I played Ocarina not long afterwards and I have a lot of important memories attached to it, like like the fact that we rented that game from Blockbuster eight times in a row, so the manager was like, "Just have it. You've paid for it," and he just like <laughs> let us keep it. That's awesome. Like, there's a lot of weird, small personal life things around it that I can't like. I can't just like look at Ocarina yeah. of Time and be like, "This yeah. is an objective video game." Like, I can't do that anymore. And I think probably like a million billion people can't do that yep. either. Ocarina <laughs> yep, was yep, actually yep. okay. So it was my favorite game, favorite Zelda game before Breath of the Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had actually never beaten it until the 3DS version came out, and that's hmm. where that's where I made that decision. Where this is my favorite Zelda game, so I did have Man, some nostalgia. That, that still version there. looks so much better, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a vastly uh, prettier game. Yeah, it it really. I mean, like they also improved like the water dungeon and stuff. But I have some nostalgia still for it because I remember as a kid watching people, my friends, play it on their TV. I didn't, I didn't have an N64 at the time. So I was watching mm-hmm. it for like hours on end, uh, mm-hmm. never being able to play it myself. And then finally playing it on the 3ds and then coming back to it. So there I don't, something, there's like that whole piece of life attached yeah. to like games like that. So I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. I just, it's the kind of thing where like when you don't have it, you don't see like the, the, the game is not enraptured in that fondness. And mm. so, and also, plus whatever, however many years it's been since it came out, it's like, nah, I don't want to. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. It's not true for everybody. Cause some people are like, some people play old, like old stuff like that for the first time. They're like, yeah, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't think there's, there's anything, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of thing. I'm just like, for me, I definitely did not feel that way. Hey, Todd. What? Naveed. Mm-hmm. What, what, what? You want to feel old? Ocarina of uh, Time came out in 1998. 19 years ago. That's awesome. No, it's I not. I like being old. I don't. Why? <laughs> because I'm going to die one day, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wish, I wish we right. didn't have a news topic. I would have just cut it off right there. No plugs, no <laughs> and random chit chat at the end. Just we're gonna die someday, Todd. And we, don't, we don't. We don't need news. Fuck it. Yeah. Do we, Do you guys want to talk about the Atlas thing? I. I don't. I care. really don't. I don't have much to say about it. I mean, I guess I. Well, whatever. We we talk about it. All right. We'll talk I, about- I, I like just had the conversation, so I'm just kind of like I'm just gonna say yeah. all of that again. I told you guys this would be 45 minutes and it's already almost an hour, so I'll briefly touch on it and then we'll let you guys go. Yeah, I, I got time, so... You got you guys got shit to do. I don't have shit to do. I'm gonna fucking take the trash out and watch Critical Role. Like, that's my... Yeah. 
do it. Um, <laughs> but okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Persona Five officially now out in the West. Apparently, it's been out as Shimigami Tensei Five for like a billion years in Japan, like uh, a long time. Not, Persona not, Five came out in January. Not Shimigami Tensei Five. It's just Persona yeah. Five. It was still oh, Persona okay, Five. Okay. I know nothing about the series. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, they ju- they just changed it so that like. Persona used to be part of the Shin Megami Tensei franchise, but Persona 5 is just Persona 5. So okay. it's, it's very weird. They, I think right. they've gone... Well, they've, yeah, they've moved along with that, <laughs> so it's now just Persona. Okay, glad that I had people who know, so I didn't just give the wrong information. Okay, so uh, Persona 5 has been out in Japan for a little while. Uh, it's now finally come to the West, and... The day of release of the game, after it had already been out for several hours, Atlas released a statement atlas being the uh developers publishers developers both, both. yeah both. It's, it's atlas being the persona man atlas publishing in america i believe okay atlas being the game guys <laughs> put out an official public statement essentially saying yo we're excited to finally bring you all this game so because we're so excited for you all to finally get to play Persona 5 in the West, here's some guidelines for streaming it so that no one else is spoiled on it. And so they proceed to give, because I guess Persona works on like a date system in-game where it's like days pass and there's a mm-hmm. like a date in the top yeah. left corner that shows you what day it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they give a specific date in-game that they don't want you streaming after. I won't say it because... If you know when the date is, then it's probably something important happens there. So I won't say when it is, but it's a bit later in the game, it seems. It, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought that they meant a real, in real life, life. Yeah, so and I was Jimmy. like, "That's stupid." Yeah, that I thought make that's what they sense. meant too. <laughs> the, the only we reason need, we need people to have 12 months to digest this game before you can stream. No, like <laughs> it's not that. But, the only reason um, I knew yeah, was because yeah. I played like an hour before I even saw that. So. Right. Makes more sense this way. Still, I think is dumb. Um, so they tell you, so they tell you an important date that you shouldn't stream after. So they already kind of spoiled something, and then they give you a guideline on video content. Uh, videos must be at max ninety minutes long, which is like okay. I know many people who make videos that long anyway. But then they have like four lines that are like, um, no major story spoilers. We'll leave that up to your good judgment. But if you need some guidelines, uh, avoid interactions with this named character. Um, here's the location that we don't want you to show. When you get in the boss fight with this guy, only show the first cutscene of it. And I'm like, these are all spoilers. These are all things that are <laughs> happening that, we, that I don't know about that I now know about. Yeah, that's that's why I was saying like it reads like an embargo because embargoes exactly. do exactly that like embargoes yeah. basically tell you exactly what not to show what you can show yep. and a lot of the times they go into spoiler territory so yeah. it's yep. like that was almost exactly what the the embargo for breath of the wild looked like it was like very specifically like don't show evan or even tie even tied island like you can't yeah. show that only show the yeah. first five hours of your gameplay yeah, yeah. Or whatever it's kind yeah. of thing where it's like I think, I think fundamentally, uh, you can't you you can't really you can't really enforce that. Like it's just not it's not gonna happen. Especially not. I don't think Twitch even has a system built 
for dealing um, with that uh with youtube there's content id but like you're not going to be able to cat to catch everybody like it's just it's not going to happen so like this is them saying that they really are going to go after people for doing this kind of thing and it's it's what's really frustrating is the mis like the the misguided reasoning behind it like the idea that they don't want it to be spoiled for people when i think especially with a game like persona it's a game Mm, and so you can spoil like story beats but the person people watching it aren't experiencing experiencing it and there's also no proof that people watching we're gonna we're gonna buy it in the first place and there's no proof that they weren't gonna buy it until they've seen it it's like we don't have right this data we don't have it's any like, of these things there's no conclusive evidence that suggests that streaming hurts sales in fact if it's if anything it seems like most of the evidence is pointing towards it helping sales yeah it's it it's such a hard thing because like we can't just like put out a survey to all gamers and be like did you buy X game because you saw it streamed or did you not like that? We can't hard evidence is really hard to actually yeah. get. Mm-hmm. And, and and also they wouldn't even, they might not even know how they were influenced. Right. I mean, and yeah. people can lie on surveys, like any yeah. number of things could happen. Yeah. But like, it just brings back the same topic that keeps cropping up, especially over the past few years. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I want to start seeking out Japanese developers and or publishers people who work there to just give me like a crash course on Japan and business so that I understand why it's so different from Western developers and publishers who are like, stream the fuck out of our game. We love you. And like Japan's Mm. like, don't you show anything to Mm. anyone or it's ours. And I just like the, the, there's a note at the bottom of this statement that says, I quote, this being a Japanese title with a single playthrough story means our masters in Japan are very wary about it. Our masters in Japan. Yeah. This is Atlas literally being mm. like Japanese Atlas doesn't like this. Japanese Sega doesn't like this. They don't want mm. they don't want to lose sales. And it's like that's fair. At the same time, I just want to know why it's always Nintendo Japan, Konami Japan, the Sega of Japan that's, that's like yeah. Why do they? Why are they so wary of it? What, what what are they scared of? Because there's like more than a few Western developers who just embraced it like mm. full tilt and are like huge now. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where like we we've we've especially <laughs> I think I think especially with narrative based games, you're showing people that the story is really good and for video games people don't expect that anymore like i think or not i I rather they didn't used to expect that they didn't used to expect a good story from a video game unless it was just like the story game like it was that was the whole thing like ocarina of time was like whoa stories bonkers and Mm. it's kind of thing where it's like (laughs) you gotta understand how it is that people shared things in the first place you know how people even like like people found out about persona 4 through its publicity on the internet like period like that was part of how that game moved along um and it's crazy to think that like that they don't understand that like that they don't realize that that's part of how it got so big it's it's like the same thing with like 
like just showing somebody a game mm-hmm. if you're showing it to them like that's going to be the greatest opportunity for them to want to play it and like when you show a game to your friend it's like more curated right it's like oh okay hey friend um yeah. i know what you like you'll probably like this but when you stream a game it's more like everybody comes to you going okay i like what they like so i'm gonna go check out what they're playing oh they're playing persona 5 yeah i've heard a lot of things about this i thought i might like this I wonder what they'll show me. And like, they may go play. Like, I know a lot of people who like stream games and like, they'll play a game. People will be like, this game seems awesome. And the next time they stream, the people have beaten the game. Like they'll do it faster than the streamers yeah. because streamers are trying to make a job out of something right. or whatever. It's the kind of thing where it's like the front to me, it seems like the frustration is just in uh, people making a middleman living where it's Mm -hmm. like i'm making money showing everybody your game but you're not paying me and for some reason you're upset about that and it's kind of thing where i'm like it's i'm selling your game to people for free to you you are not losing any money on marketing here yeah yeah i honestly think that the atlas well whoever is the person who made this high this high up decision to be like we're gonna try and dmca anybody who streams past a date or whatever in the game. I think that's absolutely nothing to do with spoiling the game and absolutely everything to do with yeah. sales of the game. Like, exactly. they don't actually care if it's spoiled. They're not no. trying to police who, who can know what about the game. They just want to ensure their sales. I think it's misguided, but yeah. I don't yeah. have evidence to back that up. Yeah, I but just, like, well, it, and you, go, go ahead. I was, was going to point out an aspect of like that, that guideline thing that was like, we could give you a content strike not even like unmonetization. It's just like yeah. we will literally put a strike if you uh, show anything after this certain date, which yeah. to me is crazy. Yeah, that's it's very drastic. Yeah. And they and they again, like it's it, I think it's a misunderstanding of what their game is even about. Like, I feel I feel like literally woven into the fabric of that game is not the twists and the reveals and the endings it's literally the journey it's mm-hmm. literally developing your character your characters your relationships your connections and so like the idea that showing off past a certain point is where suddenly it's become more of a problem is completely far-fetched like mm. if if it's if the idea is to only give people a taste you should be cutting them off after like a month of in-game time yeah. Like if that was really yeah. what you were concerned about. And to me, it's just like it just reeks of of disingenuous shenanigans and, and weird fear. Yeah. Again, I just want I want to like be able to understand, you know, like mm. I want I, I just want someone to be like, I'm from Japan and this is why that's usually the case. And this is what that it runs off of, because I feel like there's probably a more middle ground reason out there. Yeah. I like would, I would love to hear that too. That'd be like extremely interesting. Yeah. That would be, that would be a night. It would also put, just put, put a lot of people at ease. Cause yeah. it's just like, I think for years it's been like, especially over, like as long as, as media has been getting more popular and games have been getting more coverage. There's just been like a continuing and like a growing lack of understanding of Japanese business practices across the board. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think I, I would love to understand what happened to, um, scale bound 
because mm. I am oh like a hundred percent certain that that had something to do with uh, Platinum's develop like bit this development process versus Microsoft's expectations. Dude, you don't just cancel mm. a Kamiya game, like you it's don't. A, yeah, <laughs> you just don't do that, man. It's gonna block you for life. No more, no more Microsoft. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious if you blocked Microsoft. That'd be really funny. Oh, I'm. I'm. I would not be surprised. Like, I, I think like people like Kamiya, and this is not a. I don't mean to disparage him at all. Like they're come. They're still living off the like Rockstar Japanese game developer like hype. Yeah. Like they're still at that at that level. And like obviously he's transitioned into you know a secure position like it's less it's less maverick than you know it was like a decade ago but uh he's still that guy's a big fucking deal oh yeah i don't think i i don't think i've disliked the game he's made i don't think i've liked a tweet he's made (laughs) that's fair i don't follow him (laughs) don't follow me (laughs) probably block me i'm gonna go check He's so he's so over the top that I I just don't take him seriously. So nope, not I, blocked yet. I do love when he when someone asks him a question, he just quotes a tweet that quotes another tweet, and he just mm-hmm. keeps going on. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, but, not funny. Uh, the other Hideki Hideki Naganuma does the same thing. Yep. People are like, "When is there going to be a Jet Set Radio <laughs> HD?" And he's like, "Somebody asked me this three years ago." <laughs> well anyway it's been it's been a good chat a good chill time flew by we're here now now you know the one news thing that happened and you heard about ocarina of time and metroid and and neo geo golf neo turf masters neo turf masters sick um i don't know how to end podcasts uh (laughs) <laughs> where can we find you guys? This is usually the thing I do. I always forget. Uh, where can we find you guys if people want to find out what you do, follow you, hear the words that you say? Yeah, Naveed. Yeah, Naveed. on Twitter. Uh, at nfreak1. Yeah. I hate that one. That one, like, yeah, offends no, it's, me it's, it's, personally. Dude, that's going to change at some point. I'm definitely I'm definitely going to change my Twitter handle. But You got to hunt, hunt down the original nfreak. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'll kill him or something, though. <laughs> Whoa! It's hey, Highlander no. shit. It's okay. Whoa. I, I keep There's checking. Already only one to I keep checking at Sunder every now and then just to see. I wonder. It's if, still a guy with a Bastion uh, <laughs> icon. I wonder and, if at Navid is just taken. Oh, I wonder. It probably is. It like, is, uh, most likely. I I feel like man. I don't know, dude. I get real like. I get real salty when like people like have really good Twitter handles and they're not doing anything. Like somebody, uh, some like rando who doesn't tweet at all has Toddity, and Ooh. I'm very disappointed in that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So speaking of someone who wants to change their Twitter handle, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Rated S Games. Uh, but my name is Todd Schlickberg, and that's probably you're gonna have to pay attention to that part because if you follow me, my Twitter handle is probably gonna change in the next two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> uh, either way, I'll link them in the description. Like I do always. Please remember that. Everything you need to know is in the description. Description! Uh, other than that, you can follow me at SunderCR on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, aside from YouTube, where it's SunderGamer. You can become slash SunderGamer. 
what a good thing I decided to choose. <laughs> the ending of regrets. That's what this is. Um, so anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Uh, next week, I'm sure we'll be like a 12 hour podcast with Matt and George back talking about Japan and probably pachinko machines. And it's going to be a good podcast. Yeah, it's going to be mm. it's going to be crazy. Maybe maybe George will have like kicked the door down to Atlas and he'll yeah. he'll he'll journalist all over. I mean, us. he was at Konami the other day, so that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be a good story. <laughs> there you go. All right, he'll well, just like see he'll just see a Sega exec like watching Twitch, shaking his head with like a giant <laughs> red button, like ready to go. Like <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him down. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that it's like the it's like the you know stereotypical president launching nuclear mm-hmm. weapons yep. in a cartoon, but it's that, shutting off a Twitch stream. Yep, that's how I feel about most like super angry old people. Yeah. It's just them with a red button, ready to like just be angry, and it's really big and oversized because they're compensating for something. <laughs> like that's what I think about. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you tune in next week. I hope you tuned in this week. I'm sure you did because you heard me say, all right, bye. We're leaving. Bye. bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.